ESPN. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. First, quick shout out to Chad Moyer, thanking him for filling in for me yesterday as I was up in Valentine, Nebraska with cattlemen there. We take a look at these markets, obviously seeing some higher numbers on the screen today with with the grain complex, a variety of different things that we're going to talk about, including a a Reuters story, uh, some commodities lifted higher today. We'll talk more about what's going on with Evergrande, uh, some bull spreading and having some bull spreading during harvest. What does that all mean? We're going to bring in Arlen Suderman for this conversation. Arlen is with Stonex. So let's talk first, Arlen. We did see some higher numbers in these commodities and some positive news coming out from what was not so positive news earlier this week with Evergrande. And we can probably throw the Federal Reserve on that list of things to talk about today, too. So there's plenty to talk about. Evergrande Group uh, from China, and I'm sure most of our listeners have heard about Evergrande Group, the second largest property company in China, um, owes about $305 billion of that. Most of it is onshore. About $20 billion is debt that's offshore. Um, so m- from that standpoint, a good share of the, the majority of the exposure is within China. We did see China step up today. And, and you know, so much of this goes on behind the scenes. So basically it was announced that Evergrande will make its debt obligation payment that was due on Thursday, September 23rd. And that was uh, the initial payment was over $87 billion excuse me, $87 million. And whether they are going to make that entire payment or not, I don't know. It was from an undisclosed details of negotiations to make the payment. So I anticipate it was probably talked to a lower amount, but those details are not available to the public at this point. There are also rumors or reports circulating around Wall Street, cannot confirm it or not, but that the Chinese Communist Party was in the process of restructuring Evergrande into three separate entities while also protecting domestic stakeholders. So the bottom line is Wall Street is dramatically more confident today that Evergrande is not going to be allowed to fail, so to speak, is not going to lead to massive contagion in China, and so, and probably therefore not contagion in the rest of the world. So we saw an upbeat day that the focus then shifted to the Federal Reserve and uh, expectations of more stimulus going forward. And and the grain and oil seeds really started the day following the way the rest of the commodity sector and the equity sector moving higher until that Reuters story came out. Well, let's talk about that Reuters story. It got folks a little nervous as well. Yeah, Reuters back in August broke a story that uh, the White House is about to... uh, um, was about to dramatically cut biofuel blending mandates for 2020 and 2021. And uh, we, we saw sharply lower prices, and we traded through that. And then the markets kind of went on their way after that to believe, okay, it's going to be a while before we hear anything. Today they broke the headline again, kind of a recycle of the story, but they added a, a detail or two more saying that there were going to be, quote, unquote, big cuts to the biofuel blending mandates for 2020, 2021, and 2022. Of course, the nearby they can't cut because they haven't. There's nothing been published to cut. Um, but we saw corn, soybeans, soy oil prices drop sharply uh, as that headline hit. 
And then a little bit of reality started to set in. Nothing new here, so to speak. Our expectation is that the White House, in trying to walk a fine line between the ag lobby and big oil lobby, is going to reduce the blending mandate for 2020. Yeah, that's last year, because of all the problems reduced refinery output during the pandemic when we shut down the economy. And uh, that reduction in refinery output for gasoline was about 15%. So some of the rumors of the supposed leaked numbers out there show roughly that amount of reduced blending mandate for 2020. And then about half of that for 2021. Now, obviously, that can't reduce production of ethanol for the years that are past. It does reduce the value of RINs dramatically, reducing the cost to the oil blend, uh, the blenders with the fossil fuels, and it reduces income for those who profit from selling the, or from gaining the RINs from producing the ethanol. Um, so that's obviously detrimental to the ethanol industry, but it doesn't reduce the demand in for corn from the past. Then it was believed, and it still is believed, that the White House will have to reduce the biodiesel blending mandate for 2022 due to a shortage of feedstock. One of the reasons there's going to be a shortage of feedstock is going to, there's going to be so much demand, we believe, for the vegetable oils, soy oil being the primary one, in order to produce these new renewable fuels, new generation of renewable fuels with a lot of protection capacity coming on fourth quarter of this year, first quarter of next year, and beyond. So still have demand then for soy oil. And if they're going to maintain, in fact, what numbers we've seen, whether they're true or not, we cannot confirm yet, is higher ethanol blending rates. Uh, so that would mean higher demand for corn also in, if this all comes to fruition. So I think the market kind of figured that out. We went back to where we were trading before that Reuters headline. And, in fact, it is very positive news. We were bull spreading today. You bull spread when demand is bigger than the supply. And so from a cash grain standpoint, from a producer standpoint, that was very encouraging to see how we finished today. All right, well, stick around, folks. We have a lot more coming back as we continue here with the Wednesday Fontenelle Final Bell. When we do turn on, we'll talk a little bit more about this bull spreading, what this is really going to mean for this market, and then weather-wise. Not only the struggles they've had in South America getting this crop in the ground, but open harvest weather going on right here. More is coming up. It's the Wednesday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Let's get another Fontenelle feature. I'm Joe Gangwish chatting with Dusty Mam. He's a Fontenelle hybrids dealer in the Sutton, Nebraska area. Dusty, what do you enjoy most about working with Fontenelle? Good question, Joe. I love the community aspect of the brand. Um, I love that we're involved in our local communities and our our schools and and the things that are important to our growers, and, and that's what I think makes us unique. Dusty, what's the most rewarding aspect of being a Fontenelle dealer? Uh, I think seeing some of the old school thought of that we're neighbors and doing things together. Uh, Our dealership has a strong network of growers that communicate a lot together and and do a lot of things together, whether it's on the farm or leisure and and understanding and 
knowing that we can learn from each other. Well, for more on how you can become part of that Fontenelle family, you can contact Dusty Mim in the Sutton area or any one of your local Fontenelle dealers across the state of Nebraska. To find him, just go to Fontenelle.com. Right, so we're obviously not talking about a panic shortage here, um, but the the front end of the, the front nearby contract certainly had more strength than the deferred, suggesting that that's where the demand is right now. Uh, that uh, when you have big when you have carry being built in the market, that's saying the market's in a surplus grain situation. It's trying to add a storage premium to the deferred months to try to encourage you to store it and not deliver the grain. And the opposite is true. That carry disappears when they say, no, we want the grain to be brought to town now. And so that's what we saw developing uh, in Wednesday's trade. So looking at South America, we have heard that they've had some struggles in getting this crop planted. What are you hearing from your sources there? Yeah, so it's September 22nd now. Um, we really want to see soybean planting get started and get rolling by the 1st of October to avoid being late so they can plant the Safrina corn crop on time. That's the key. Last year, they really didn't get started with um, any momentum on soybean planting till the middle of October. That's what really pushed the corn Safrina corn planting late and resulted in a short crop. Uh, right now, it's still dry over most areas. They've had some rain, particularly in southern areas. They've had some heavy rains, but our focus is primarily on that center-west district, Meta Grasso, Meta Grasso de Sol, down into Peroná. Um, they've had some rains in the northern parts of Meta Grasso, even some central parts, and then it dried up again this week and, and looks fairly dry near term. But as we get around the turn of the month, we're expecting those rains to start to increase. Now, first we thought that was kind of a false signal by the models, but now confidence has grown that we're going to see showers increase in these uh, larger soybean-producing areas as we turn the calendar in October. And it looks like at this point a normal planting time. That really doesn't tell us how big a crop we're going to have. It removes one of the risks for the Safrina corn crop. We're still looking at a La Nina weather pattern, which continues to strengthen right now. That tends to favor dry weather over Argentina and southern Brazil. So we're watching to see if that develops. And right now the models are showing a very strong pattern of dry in Argentina and southern Brazil, wetter in central and northern Brazil growing areas in the key summer months of December, January, and February. Here in the States, we've got some decent weather that's that's moving in for harvest, at least when you look at the 10-day forecast. But some of the bigger issues is either grain's drying down too fast or it's not drying down fast enough. Yeah, there's going to be a few scattered showers over the next two weeks. But overall, it looks like it's going to be pretty wide open harvest. So we should see a lot of progress. It's still too wet to be from the last system that came through to be harvesting in southern and eastern parts of the belt. In the west now, we're turning our attention now to focus on soybean harvest and getting those beans out of the field while the weather permits. Um, very interesting dynamics, uh, very different in the west than it is in the east. Of course, we had more drought problems in the west, especially in the Dakotas and Minnesota. But overall, where stocks aren't drying down in the west, but in the east, and I'm really talking southeast Iowa and then east of the Mississippi River, a lot of late season diseases, particularly tar spot, but a lot of other diseases are in that list of diseases as well. Now, for people who sprayed fungicide, and the majority did, um, that gave them a lot of protection. That really helped a lot. But even some of that was starting to wear off and seeing some disease 
um, implications there. If you didn't use a fungicide at all, I'm hearing drops in yield anywhere from 45 to 65 bushels per acre. So uh, a, a big difference there means the eastern belt may not have quite the bushels we thought they would in order to offset the lost bushels in the west. So it'll really be interesting to see how these yields actually come out right now. We're seeing some yield results, but it's so early in the harvest, I'm not sure how much importance to put on them. Some of the results I've been seeing are maybe a little bit better than expected in the northwest and um, poorer than expected in the eastern Midwest. We'll have to see how this continues to play out. Of course, stock health is a big factor where the disease has been a factor as well. So farmers anxious to get corn, soybeans harvested as quickly as possible. Unfortunately, it looks like the weather is going to help facilitate that. Tis the time of year, Arlen. Yeah, absolutely it is. Real quick, what's your thoughts on the way the cash cattle are, are working out this week? Uh, let's see. Let's re- rewind the recording that we've had for the last six months. Well, <laughs> a few weeks ago, we did go up to 123, 124. So far, this week's cash trade has been very similar to that 123, 124. Very frustrating to producers. Demand for beef is very strong. All right. Best way for folks to get a hold of you? Stonex.com over on Twitter. My handle is Arlen, A-R-L-A-N-F-F-101. And that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss, and they're not suitable for all investors. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network. The most recommended by far The fall is always the busiest time of year. Lots of community activities, games, harvest, which means lots more vehicles on the road. So take care out there and let's all have a safe fall. A message from your friends at Eustace Body Shop. The most recommended Eustace Body Shop. That's who we are.